Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We observe today not a victory of party, but a celebration of freedom. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. The Human Zoo, where they don't hide away the sick animals. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Stand to attention when I'm talking to you! On Talk Radio. Dismiss! Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. And it looks like you're just in time, just in time that is, to stop the bloodless coup being plotted by Jeremy Corbyn, who apparently thinks he should run the country, despite the fact that he has no mandate, no votes, no majority government and no actual idea. The leader of the opposition has laughably suggested that he should be made caretaker prime minister to stop no-deal Brexit from happening. He reckons the people should decide on how we leave the European Union, even though we already have. Well, thanks for your offer, Jezza, but no thanks. If we wanted a Marxist prime minister who wants to run Britain into the ground and bankrupt the economy, we would have voted for one at the last election. Maybe you prefer us just to do away with elections altogether, like Sarah Wollaston, who has now changed political party twice since being elected as a Tory on a pro-Brexit platform. However, she's decided now she's a Lib Dem, she still won't have a by-election to let her good uh, constituents decide on whether they still want to have her at all. Fantastic, this democracy thing, isn't it? 0344 499 1000. Coming up later on, we'll be tracking Greta Thunderbird and her boat, which doesn't seem to have got very far in the past 18 hours or so. Seems to be just off the coast of Brittany. And those other climate change hypocrites will be in for a bit of stick too. That's right, Harry and Meghan have taken a private jet to Ibiza despite urging the rest of us to live greener carbon neutral lives. What a pair of planks they are. 03444991000. Also, we'll be asking whether men really can't multitask or are we just too lazy to try? You're listening to me, Mike Graham, right here on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. So we've had a very good conversation this morning already about Jeremy Corbyn. John Rental from The Independent was on talking about how actually maybe Jeremy Corbyn's got a good idea. I'm not entirely sure that that's correct. And I know that many of you certainly don't want to see Jeremy Corbyn anywhere near Downing Street. But let's talk uh, to Maya Tuzzi. He's a conservative YouTuber. Maya, very good morning. Welcome to the studios. Uh, We've spoken to you in the tent before, uh, (laughs) but not actually uh, had you in here. You're a man that knows a bit about digital kind of technology, the way that YouTube works, the way that social media works. It seems to me that Boris Johnson's using social media quite well. He did this Facebook question time yesterday. What do you make it of it all? Uh, to be fair, the, the last few weeks, he and the whole team have been quite smart because, so firstly, he did this Facebook people's question time, which was quite interesting. So a lot of people actually initially criticised, saying no one's watching this, like mm. 2,000 people watching it. Right. But the idea of that was, 
to have a 15 minutes of that, but then have a couple of clips going across social me- um, mainstream media. And that worked. Yes. And also the style, which is more kind of just slick, but human. Mm-hmm. And uh, we... We wanted this from just not just a PM, just the whole government politicians in general, and right. it worked. And I think what's happening within the whole team, and the people they've kind of obviously hired, including Ross, Kemsel, and everyone else, we are going to see something. And this is a very dominant coming, coming style of politics, right. which is positive populism. Yes, where you're going to use technology and also understanding what people actually want. Mm. And you're seeing it already in the polls. The reactions, yes. the Tories are coming back up. So. Well, it's very interesting to me how um, Boris Johnson is being perceived since he got in, because before he appeared in the House of mm. Commons and made that great speech and tore uh, basically Jeremy Corbyn and John McDonnell apart, you know, he was the guy that was n- the no-details man, he was the blundering buffoon. Nobody's saying that anymore because his strategy is actually rather clever. It's interesting because not just in terms of lefties, but also even within the Conservative Party, I'm speaking to a lot of people who didn't back Boris. Right. The typical, oh, we can't trust him, he's, he's a buffoon, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and they're all very quiet now. They're all basically just like quietly supporting right. and saying, well, we, they can't find the floor just yet, obviously. Right. But and also, they, they can't take the line as well that all Brexiteers are idiots and racists mm. and, and crazy because they've got an, awfully lot of, uh, an awful lot of very clever young people working inside there. Apparently, Dominic Cummings is, is running the place with a sort of rod of uh, iron. We're reading this morning on some of the uh, some of the blogs that some of the special advisors have already been, hired, been, been fired just a few days after they've been hired. Yeah, it's interesting because they the pundits and everyone who always criticise uh, the governments and people who they hire are being, being complacent and not really competent. But now that they're being harsh and they want kind of based on meritocracy, they want good people, mm. they're, they're, they're feeling sorry for them. Like, yes. you know, oh, what's happening? Well, get the best people. <laughs> yes, exactly right. But also he's demanding loyalty in a way yeah. which is not just to the individuals in Downing yeah. Street, but to the cause, which is yeah. to leave the European Union. He won't. He appears that he's not brooking any kind of criticism or any kind of dissent, which I think in, in this case you need to be like that, don't you? Yeah, this is what people want. And again, uh, when Theresa May was going around saying strong and stable and people want strong and stable. What they what they actually want is this. They want a government, a, a prime minister and a team to be loyal to mm. the cause or causes that right. they are representing. And it's, it, I, I can't remember the last time when we had a government where every time they announce a policy, uh, everyone's actually agreeing with them. So yes. for example, right now, stop and search, the majority are in favor. Yeah. The, the no deal Brexit, majority in favor. Education reform, in favor. Right. It's, it's crazy. Like, well, it's also <laughs> difficult to argue with, isn't it? And that's again where Cummings has been quite clever. Even the Labour Party, who looked ridiculous, I thought, on the day of the uh, announcement of the money for the hospitals, £2 billion pounds coming out, all they could say was, well, it's not new money. <laughs> or, you know, it's uh, it's old money. Uh, it's money that they've already had, but they haven't been able to spend. You know, that was the best they could come up with. And in the end, they had to admit, actually, that more money going in, yeah. whether it was new or old, was a good mm. thing. Yeah, and we always try to play the Labour card and be light Labour by... Uh, just giving out freebies when we couldn't afford it. And no one actually liked that. If someone, someone wants to vote, wants a bit of socialism, they still vote Labour. Why would they vote for Cameron or Theresa May? Yeah. Uh, whereas you you do the same thing. People like to obviously hear what they like, but it, as long as it makes sense, that's why people still rejected Corbyn in 2017. Right. Otherwise, you know, he won't have got a majority. Well, of so. course. And I mean, against uh, Theresa May, possibly the worst prime minister we've seen, certainly uh, in a very, very long time. Mm. And you might argue Gordon Brown wasn't much better, mm. but... I mean, she really was terrible, yep. particularly at getting the idea of Brexit over the line. Um, do you think we'll see more of the same from Boris Johnson? Because you're right to say that the Facebook thing, while on the face of it, on Facebook it might have not meant much, but it got onto, it gave everybody in the news mm-hmm. a line to put onto the, the news, at the 6 o'clock news and the 10 o'clock yep. news, isn't it? Well, yes, I think what I've heard is that people are saying, the critics saying, oh, 
what's happening now is just because they're in a campaign mode, is an election coming up, hope, like, you know, probably in the next couple of months. Right. My view is it is a campaign mode, but I think it's it's going to be like this permanently. Mm. Even after even a general election, stop election, throughout the whole term, right. they're going to be behaving like it's always campaign mode, which is good. Always be on your toes. Always yes. uh, listen to people rather than just sit there for five years don't listen to anyone right. and just like come up with random policies. Yes. Like passive well, tax. I mean, I was watching Angela Rayner on TV last night on the news where they were talking about, um, you know, Labour's position on Brexit. And she's already adopted that very famous sort of Tony Blair line that, you know, sometimes you have to do things that are unpopular. Yeah. Which basically <laughs> is code for we're just doing what we want and we don't care what the people think. And we're actually getting it wrong. Well, that's the biggest achievement Boris has uh, got so far, which uh, apart from the things we discussed, he's completely confused the Labour Party and Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah. So it, up to a point where, for example, what happened last night with uh, Corbyn's coup and all the, right. the, the idea, it's, it's, it's Boris's work that's made him kind of completely messed up. He's so desperate. The dude is basically drowning before Titanic has even hit the iceberg. Mm. That's Corbyn's situation right yeah. now. Yeah, so. well, he's kind of hurled himself off <laughs> into a lifeboat and the lifeboat <laughs> hasn't moved and he's no. gone into the sea. But that's the thing. I mean, even the Labour Party can't decide if they want Jeremy Corbyn in charge. Yeah. Tom Watson doesn't want him there. Alistair Campbell's told him to step aside even though he's already now said that he's never going to go back into the Labour Party. Yeah. I mean, the whole Labour Party yeah. is in a terrible state, isn't it? No, uh, there will be a big chunk of moderate Labour and who wouldn't do it. And obviously within minutes you had uh, the Lib Dem leader, the Trucker, and had all the kind of parties saying, actually, we're not going to do it. I'm quite looking forward to this. Actually, if it happens, uh, whether they fail or not, the if a number of Tory Remain MPs actually back Corbyn... Yeah in a confidence, makes it easier for us to get rid of them. So. Well, indeed. That's the interesting thing, isn't it? Because, I mean, I'm sure there will be an election. I'm one of those yeah. who doesn't think it's going to happen before October the 31st. November, December. And yeah. I really don't see any way of, of them stopping this this Boris and Dominic Cummings machine because it just, it is a machine. It seems to me to be very... Um, very knowledgeable, you know, very determined and, and pretty much unstoppable. People keep forgetting about the technicalities of how this works, even if the no-competence goes through yeah. and Boris loses that 14-day um, period yes. and everything. He's still in charge of setting the date. Mm. So he could say, oh, OK, well, 7th of November, yeah. Thursday, done. Right. So what are you going to do? <laughs> and then they'll have to leave as, uh, on WTO rules on the 31st yeah. of October. There simply is no way around yeah. it. And as far as the um, the election sort of goes, are you one of those who, or what are you hearing out there? Are you one of those that sees the arithmetic changing in Boris's favour or not? Yeah. Uh, and how do you see that working out then exactly? I don't want to try to put no. you on the spot here, but I mean, no. where, where, where is he going to gain seats or where, you know, where are others going to lose them? I think what, usually... I, one of the best ways to kind of see the representation of the country is weirdly enough is actually in the Tory party okay. uh, especially in the shires and I'm seeing the change inside the party and this, the way they're selecting candidates and everything and they're getting ready and campaign managers right. and uh, the focus is going to be even onto remain areas not just your typical Brexit areas so there's going to be a big fight and we could still technically if things go well we could still win back a couple of the remain seats mm. that are Yes, just because they voted Remain doesn't mean they're Ramonas. Right. A lot of them have changed their mind. They're like, yeah, it's fine, just leave anyway. So right. not every Remain seat is like Trucker's seat. or yeah. like, It's not London, so yeah. Well, that's the other thing that I've noticed since Boris has been in Downing Street is that the kind of the people's vote movement has kind of disintegrated yeah. into a bunch of people arguing amongst themselves about whether they stand for Remain or whether they stand for a second referendum. And we've also seen the kind of dissipation, if you like, and almost... Um, the kind of not quite criminalization, but but the kind of 
the, the dismissing of people who really are the Ramonas, the FBPE brigade. I don't know if you saw that big read in The Guardian the other day, where they likened them to really the new extremists, the people who can't accept a democratic decision, yeah. the people who basically are suffering from some kind of anxiety disorder. Well, I don't know what they're going to do after we leave, if we leave end of October, because um, right now they've got nothing to do. Like, Femi is spending his days just tweeting at me, like yeah. attacking anything I say, even, yeah. even, even if I say good morning to it. Just... I presume he's going to go back to <laughs> delivering pizza. It's the only other thing he knows how to do. Or go skiing, I don't know. Yeah, or maybe go and learn some more about EU law, for which I'm told he is some kind of expert. He should probably just hang out with Greta. So. Yeah, maybe get on a yeah, get on a <laughs> sailboat and head off to Santiago. Uh, we'll be checking up on her a little bit later on during the show, yeah. of course. Uh, we're here with uh, Maya Tuzzi, Conservative YouTuber, but we're going to take your calls coming up in a moment. More blasted rhetoric from the Banana Republic for people who think capital punishment isn't going nearly far <laughs> enough. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Coming up a little bit later on, we're going to be asking that age-old question. Are men actually useless or are they just bone idle? Uh, a very good headline in the Times this morning. Uh, we're joined now by the Times travel writer, Mr Ben Clatworthy, uh, a frequent visitor to this uh, this part of the world. A uh, very good morning to you, Ben. Thank morning. you for joining us. I look, just a quick uh, tweet here from Average Joe, who says, can you ask your guest, which was the last guest, Maya, but you can answer it if you like, uh, if Brexit can be stopped, as my MP Mary Creer uh, reckons the Withdrawal Act states we leave with a deal and no deal is not an option. Well, that was voted upon in the House of Commons, as far as I know, Joe. However, it was only voted upon in the House of Commons, but not made into law. So it does not actually supersede the law, which says we leave without a deal on October the 31st. So I hope that answers your question. Uh, we're going to talk about something slightly less political now, though, because Ben uh, covers the travel world and uh, lots of people are going on holiday, Ben, apparently, because it's such awful weather here. Yes, I'm not sure if you've seen outside another miserable I day. I haven't. They brought, I mean, it's one of the reasons I like the blind down, is that I can't see how awful it is out in the streets. I mean, yesterday it was like autumn uh, outside here in our glass office, uh, and therefore it comes as no surprise that people are logging onto the computer, ringing up travel agents and tour operators, and trying to book a last-minute holiday to get away from from the weather, but also to get a holiday in before Brexit and the doom and gloom that that could could bring. Is that really a, an actual factor for people? They're actually worried about... I mean, I saw some people talking on the news last night, on Channel 4, I think it was, saying that they were students and they had thought about doing a degree uh, in overseas. They wanted to go to Spain to do a language degree. And they've now decided that's not possible, they can't do that, uh, so they're going to stay home in Ireland and do it there. And I don't understand why people are making these decisions based upon no real facts whatsoever, you know? With holidays, it was certainly the case that the majority of tour operators get their bookings for summer holidays in the period in January, early February. That didn't happen because people were terrified about the uh, departure when we were supposed to leave in March. Yeah. Uh, Easter fell slightly late, so Easter bookings were down terribly. Then Brexit was postponed, people got on, booked their holiday, and now uh, the... Industry analysts say, oh, no, actually, after uh, bookings from October, the end of October, drop off a cliff again. Um, so it does seem that people do have that thought. I mean, I, I said beforehand and I say again, I would happily book a flight now for November, December without yeah. any worry at all. And I was saying the same at the beginning of the year well, when people were... I mean, given what's happened in the last, say, two or three weeks anyway at Heathrow, where they had the IT problems of British Airways, where uh, they had the strikes that were threatened, which eventually got cancelled, but 177 flights, I think, didn't go anywhere. 
I mean, you're in, you're taking your life in your hands anyway, booking a holiday in, in advance, because any number of things could prevent you from doing it, right? I mean, yeah, last time I sat here talking to you, it was about how uh, I said, oh, I can't see that this BA uh, meltdown is only going to last one day, and sure enough, it rolled into the second day and more cancellations. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would be totally happy, but people are, and people are booking now, clearly. they um, The bookings last week were up 15% year on year, um, and family family bookings are up 21 percent so it seems that people who had held off booking a holiday see the weather at the moment and think actually let's get a cheap deal and let's let's go as somebody who has to travel around the world with various people in tow um i have to say i've never found it cheaper or more expensive or anything to do it at any particular time you know people will say oh if you leave it till quite late on you can get better deals i will seem to be paying a fortune no matter where i'm going and no matter what i'm doing you know and whatever time i book it uh, which the consumer watchdog uh, a few years ago did a survey, uh, no, did some analysis of uh, holiday deals, uh, and basically found out that they were all a load of nonsense, and that you could pr- pretty much always get the holiday cheaper at some point, yes. even if it had been advertised as a deal. Right. Uh, I'm always very careful when asked to. Uh, suggest deals for people. Yes, I think you're probably very wise to, to, to not give them any, any any kind of reason to, to hate you for giving them the bad advice <laughs> yes. that you gave them. But I mean, apart from uh, the, the, the problems of Brexit and politics, there are lots of people worried, I suppose, about all these strikes that might happen in the future as well, because Ryanair pilots are likely to strike. I think the BA pilots are still talking about striking throughout August, aren't they? Well, the BA problem hasn't gone away. They mm. have to give two weeks' notice uh, to call a strike, so they're... Where are we now? Middle. So we're getting towards September. So we're actually out of the sort of real chaos point uh, if they were to call a strike today. Um, But yes, the BA threat looms. It still looms large. They could call a strike until January time. Um, And now we have nearly 200 Ryanair pilots who are based in Ireland. They've just called a 48-hour strike for next week. Their union rules mean that they only have to give a week's notice uh, and they're walking out on uh, 22nd and 23rd uh, of August and Ryanair British pilots are also there threatening to walk right. out on the 22nd. I mean, I've got a couple of friends who are flying that weekend with Ryanair. What, what rights do the passengers have, if any? Um, do Ryanair have to put them on other planes or, or what? Ryanair are the, are the kings of trying to wiggle out of any uh, yeah. responsibility when their pilots go on strike. Uh, if they give you less than two weeks' notice, then they have to... Uh, they have to pay compensation uh, to passengers who are affected, but also they have to offer refunds, rebook, and also uh, the airline, in the event of a delay when you're there, has a duty of care after a couple of hours. Um, I mean, the compensation bill, if if this goes ahead, is going to be considerable. Mm. Um, I mean, if the British pilots and the Irish pilots walk out at the same time, it could be half a million yeah. people at risk of having their right. flight cancelled. But of course, it's all very well to say, well, at least you'll get your money back from the flight. But if you're going, say, to a, a destination where you've booked a, ho- a hotel, you may not get all of that back. And you might have to miss out on what would be, you know, either a week or 10 days or two weeks worth of a booking. Uh, or, you know, like there was a guy recently, I think, over over the BAIT problem who was interviewed on television because he was going to Zagreb for a wedding and he said, well, I'm going to be suing BA for the cost of the wedding because it's not simply good enough to just tell me, oh, well, you can have another free flight with us and we will re-recompense you because so much else has gone down the, the, the plug hole. 
consequential losses are a really tricky one mm. and that will come down to your travel insurance yeah. and and trying to claim through then it's not the airline can put their hand up and say sorry yes we've we followed what we uh, what we are required to do under european rules eu 261 is the specific uh, rule right. they can say yeah we've done that that as you say if you've booked car hire if you've booked a hotel if you've booked a tour if you've booked a cruise in particular where yeah. that boat is not hanging around for you right. um, but i also think the public's patience is probably starting to run out with pilots. The, I mean, Ryanair say that last year they agreed a 20% increase, which will take some of their pilots' pay to 180000 Wow, that's a lot of money, isn't it? Yes, and the in, in response to the threat of the Irish strike next week, uh, Ryanair say that their pilots will earn more than the President of Ireland now. And, I mean, we often benchmark against the Prime Minister's salary here. £180,000 is a lot of money. Those planes get more automated by the week. Uh, yes, you've got a lot of people's lives in your hands and, and never argue this, as I tried with the uh, uh, child of a pilot, because you won't win the right. battle I... Right, these are the people that say they should be paid as much as uh, doctors because basically they've actually got more people to look after than doctors ever have at any given time. It is crazy, isn't it? One final story which which sort of tickled us this morning was uh, one that's uh, appeared online in several places. EasyJet stewardess threatens to fine the family £100 for cleaning uh, after they said that they couldn't control their child and he kept standing on the seat. I mean, I think everyone's seen um, a sort of slightly unruly child at some point or other. It might have been even one of your own. Um, and sometimes they do like to stand on the seats, don't they? Uh, my girlfriend was on a flight recently uh, back from Spain, I think it was, with an absolutely uncontrollable uh, child. Rich. And the parents <laughs> sat there doing absolutely nothing. Uh, cabin crew... Uh, have a hard time. I appreciate as well, before I get hate mail, that families travelling with children have a hard time as well. Yeah. It's a very stressful I've always said process. they should have, actually, if they were sensible in any way whatsoever, and I speak as someone who's had young children, they should have flights which are children-free. So if you want to go as an adult without kids, you should be able to. I mean, it's a, a great idea. Uh, I'm surprised Michael O'Leary hasn't thought it up, <laughs> quite frankly. Uh, we've just um, put the kids in the hold or something. Yeah. That's what he would suggest, right? But the video was uh, a cabin crew member saying the child needed to sit down, not stand on the seat. I mean, you don't want to sit on a seat that's had a, someone standing on it. Uh, she said that uh, we're going to charge you £100 for cleaning. Right. Um, I have just been given a statement from EasyJet who say that they do not charge their customers for cleaning of the aircraft. Uh, although... I did, as uh, a child fly on EasyJet, notice that if you sit in the front row, or particularly on their old planes, they had a little socket and it said for the vacuum cleaner. Yes. And I did say to my parents, I'm surprised they don't at the end of the flight pass around a little mini vac and get you to do a bit of hoovering <laughs> up and window lean to do the windows. Yes. But they don't charge their customers or ask them uh, to do any cleaning. Oh, well, that's a, that's good. But this will, I'm sure, as you say, give Michael O'Leary a couple of ideas. So watch this space and see what, uh, see what he wants you to do. I mean, he is, after all, the guy that wanted to fly people standing up. Which I would be quite happy to do, actually. I mean, you know, you stand up on a train in yeah. this country for longer than most flights yeah. when you can't get a seat. Exactly, you're... exactly. Well, listen, as ever, Ben, thank you very much indeed for stopping by. Thank ben you. Clapworthy, uh, you got anything interesting going in the paper tomorrow, or is that a bad question to ask you at this time of the day? Do you know what? I don't know the answer to that. Okay. Honestly, I'll Not find out later. There will be something, I'm sure. Uh, ben Clapworthy, travel writer at the Times. We'll take more of your calls coming up. Still, loads of you want to talk to us, not least about Joe Swinson, about Brexit, about Greta Thunderbird as well. Uh, this is Talk Radio. 
Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. So wouldn't you know it, uh, after just a few weeks ago uh, when Harry went down to that Google Climate Change Summit down in uh, southern Italy uh, where everybody was flying around in helicopters and there were, I think, 114 private jets used to get them all there. People from Barack Obama to George Clooney to Prince Harry. I think Sting made some kind of appearance. Chris Martin uh, was there as well doing a bit of a performance. All talking, of course, about how the great unwashed and the dreadful peasants of the land should stop going on holiday, should stop driving around in gas guzzling cars and should instead just go back to the Stone Age while they all fly around telling each other how great they are uh, in private jets because no, nobody else can actually afford to do it. Let's talk to Andre Walker, a columnist, of course, with the New York Observer and a very big uh, time appearance man on uh, the B. Julie Hartley Brewer show uh, on breakfast time here on Talk Radio. Andre, very good morning to you. Or I should say good afternoon, actually. Are you tracking uh, the Greta Thunderbird uh, voyage of uh, pain and doom across the Atlantic? Hey, you know, I quoted yesterday on talk radio what Christopher Hitchens said about Mother Teresa of Calcutta, which I think applies to Greta. He described it as a tawdry marriage between superstition and media hyperbole. (laughs) The truth is, nobody knows who this girl is. It is completely unacceptable that she is, you know, running around the world telling us how to live our lives. Now, I don't fundamentally have a problem with somebody who wishes to sail the Atlantic. If you've got a gazillionaire parent who wishes to pay for that, then that's fine. But I do think that there is a point about her being badly exploited. You know, her parents freely admit that she suffers from multiple mental health problems. And my Well, concern... she was interviewed yesterday and she admitted she, she, she has Asperger's syndrome. Well, she also has had eating disorders, and apparently she was a mute for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Look, the, tr- the truth is of the matter, she is being very badly exploited. And just as, you know, people like you and I will get annoyed with her for telling us what to do, in reality, she is a poster girl for a campaign that, that you know, is really pretty nasty and pretty obnoxious and is pretty uh, determined to, to, to force us to change our ways in ways that, they're not going to. But I actually think, Mike, potentially she is a victim within all this. She is someone who's being badly exploited. I mean, 
two weeks on a boat, age 16. She's got Asperger's. She's had mental health problems in the past with two blokes she doesn't know. Now, I'm not casting aspersions on these guys, but would you send your 16-year-old daughter on a two-week Atlantic boat trip when she has no knowledge of sailing whatsoever and she has multiple mental health problems? Of course you wouldn't. Well, you wouldn't. And her father, I suppose, in fairness to him, uh, is on the voyage with her, so I presume he'll be there uh, to look after her. But certainly people have said it's a bit odd for a young um, female girl, a teenager, to be on a boat with, with four guys, you know, even though one of them is, in fact, her father. I think the other problem we've got here is that she's now now said um, rather boldly that she's refusing to meet up with Donald Trump, despite the fact he's the President of the United States of America and might be the most influential man when it comes to climate change. If you could win him over, why wouldn't she want to do that? And it tells you everything you need to know about the sort of political motivation of these people. Well, her team have previously expelled journalists from press conferences on the grounds they didn't like the questions. Yeah. Look, uh, you know, we don't separate out two things. As I say, if you are lucky enough to have very wealthy parents who can afford, you know, to hire a, I don't know, £100,000 boat and a crew to sail you around, fine, get on with it. But actually, what she is trying to do is tell the little people that they can't fly. Your introduction, Mike, was absolutely right. What they want to do as a movement, admittedly not Greta herself, but as a movement, they want their private jets, they want their yachts, they want butlers for their butlers, and then little people like you and I can't jump on a Ryanair or easy jet flight because we've taxed them out of oblivion. It's completely unfair. Well, it's totally ridiculous, and that which brings us on to our other favourite sort of virtue signallers of the world, and that is, of course, Harry and Meghan, the world's most unpopular royal couple. I mean, they've managed to give the royal family a bad name, uh, which is quite difficult to do these days, given uh, uh, what's happened in the past. But, you know, for them to, uh, to give us all of their, you know, the benefit of their insider knowledge, that they're only going to have one more child because they want to save the planet in order to keep the population down, thereby suggesting that we all do the same thing, they've just hopped off to Ibiza on a private jet, which apparently is six times more of a carbon footprint than if they'd gone commercial. Well, you know, I, I prefer the old Prince Harry, the guy who served his country, the guy who was a little bit rough and ready, yeah. he'd have the odd drink, you know, and to be honest... Took all his clothes off in a Las Vegas hotel room. Yeah, but to be fair, if my grandmother was the billionaire monarch of a country, I'd probably hang around with a load of models and, yeah, in <laughs> no, that way. Yeah, I don't yeah. doubt that, Andre, at all. I do not oh, doubt that. Oh, but this is the thing. But it's the hypocrisy. I, you know, nobody cares what people do, right? I don't mind. I'm not a, a busybody. People can do whatever they want. You know, if they're in positions of sort of, you know, what I suppose would be regarded as privilege and in their positions of role models, then maybe there are certain things they shouldn't do. But I don't really care what Prince Harry and Meghan get up to. I just want them to do what they say. And if they're telling us to be green and carbon neutral, then they should be too. Well, here, here is the sinister element of it. Uh, Meghan refused to meet Donald Trump on the grounds that she was on maternity leave. Yes. Now, not, none of us believed that, but it's not an illegitimate thing to want time off when you've got a newborn baby. Yeah. And then suddenly she pops up saying that she'd worked for seven months on Vogue during the exact same period. Now, she then puts on the front page of Vogue, Women of Influence. Now, I'm not saying that she genuinely believes the Queen is a woman of influence, although I do believe that, but you'd have thought she could have at least lied about it and pretended that the, that the woman in charge of the country and the woman that has paid for her £2.5 million refurbishment of Frogmore Cottage, you'd have thought she could have pretended she was important. You know, but fundamentally, this is a person that does not understand the difference between woke celebrity and... Um, 
and royalty. The truth of the matter is, our system in this country works so well because the royals shut up about politics. What she does, and time and time again we see this, you know, she's got her security running around Wimbledon, stopping people taking photos of her. At the same time, she's selling, you know, selling herself to Vogue. You know, you, you cannot be inconsistent on this. And what you said, Mike, is absolutely right. Nobody cares what they do. Look, fundamentally, it's a couple of, you know, very wealthy people. Yeah, they're going to get private jets. But don't tell me that I can't jump on an easy jet flight with 300 other people when you're then flying your own plane, landing it, you know, with three or four in the inside. It's just the hypocrisy that's crazy. It is, really. And, I mean, the fact is that there are more and more people, unfortunately, out there uh, who go along with all of this climate madness. You know, we are still in the, in the, in the throes of, of setting ourselves up to pay out something like three billion quid. I was quite surprised that Boris Johnson decided that when he got into power, he would honour the Theresa May kind of final legacy, you know, throw of the dice, which was to say that we're going to become carbon neutral by 2030, which, by the way, Greta and her people don't think is fast enough. Well, look, the, the way that you resolve uh, any sort of pollution is technological advancement. My concern about the Green Lobby is that they want to stymie technological advancement. Let me give you a really, really simple example. I used to work for a member of parliament in Lancashire, and Lancashire kind of produced a huge amount of electricity. We wanted to start fracking as a replacement to coal, and suddenly the Green Lobby come out and start complaining about it. Now... Fundamentally, I get that they want to put windmills everywhere, although, remember, you need a gas turbine if you've got a windmill because if the wind drops, there's no power. Right. Well, no. as we saw last well, Friday, if you've got a failure in a wind uh, farm, then you've got no electricity anywhere. Yeah, so, so the truth is, fracking would have reduced pollution by replacing coal, and suddenly they're manning the barricades. What they want to do is they want to return us to the Stone Age, and it's not a sensible way of doing things. The truth of the matter is... Things like nuclear technology, nuclear fusion are going to make fossil fuels completely redundant. But we've got to let that process take place. And they oppose every type of new technology. That is why they're so sinister and dangerous. And that's why they're wrecking the planet, not you and I. Well, exactly right. And also, the idea that all of this stuff is, you know, carbon neutral. I mean, there is nothing carbon neutral about sailing across the Atlantic uh, in a boat which is made of carbon fibre. It might be carbon neutral while they're on the actual boat. And it might be that, you know, they're not using any electricity that they're not generating themselves and that's all fine and dandy but you're not going to tell me that building a boat with four million euros uh, has not created some kind of carbon footprint again i don't actually care but i don't want them to keep telling me that they're doing the right thing but but but, but if the answer is buy a multi-million pound yacht and sail across the atlantic what is the question right i mean look if, if, if I could afford a one, two, three, ten million pound yacht, hey, do you know what I'd do? I'd go and buy one. But it's not realistic. Look, I think I, I have sometimes regret her in this respect. At least she has not taken a first class flight uh, to, to visit a climate change conference. At least she's not a hypocrite. But to be fair, you know, it's not a solution to anything sensible whatsoever. Everybody knows that fossil fuels will become redundant soon. We've got to let technology take its process. And, and the people that are opposing this are people like Greta, and that's where the danger lies. Well, the trouble is, of course, as well, if she really wanted to save the planet, 
Surely she wouldn't have gone in the first place. She could have just stayed here because while she's in New York, presumably she's not going to walk everywhere. She'll have to take cars. She'll have to take cabs. She'll have to get from there to Santiago, which will eventually presume... I don't know if she's going on the boat to Santiago, but presumably she's going to have to incur some carbon usage in order to get from point A to point B. And also, what does she think the UN building gets air conditioning from? You know, where does she think the hotel that she's going to stay in gets its air conditioning? Unless, of course, she's going to stay on the boat. I really don't know. But the bottom line for me is she could have stayed home and a couple of people on Twitter have suggested it, why not actually uh, just appear by, by video conference? Look, I mean, the, the whole thing is completely ridiculous. I mean, what, what you said at the beginning is absolutely right. What they want to do is they want to tell the little people to return to the Stone Age, never fly anywhere, never have a steak dinner on a Friday, you know, don't use electricity, turn your heating off. You know, whilst we live like gazillionaires and whilst we send our kids on yachts across the Atlantic. It's not realistic. It's not sensible. It doesn't have any veracity whatsoever. And remember something. Look, we are reforesting. We are also cutting our emissions. But the developing world is actually potentially the biggest polluter. But are you going to turn around to a guy in India or China or Pakistan who earns 10 quid a day and say, do you know what you need to do? Don't bother developing your economy. Don't bother trying to better yourself because we're so worried about emissions. I mean, it's, it's just not realistic. Well, I mean, one of the reasons why, you know, when, when we're told that, oh, well, we have to start here, of course, because we will give this great advantage and, 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 and we'll set an example for the rest of the world. These are the same people who tell us that we can't operate on our own because we're a really, really, really tiny country with no influence and that's why we have to stay in the European Union. They're all mixed up. And the reason why uh, the, 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 the people of India are coming up and, and becoming more wealthy and doing more damage to the economy uh, of, of the world and doing more damage to the environment of the world is because they're all buying air conditioning machines, which they could now afford, sending a lot of Freon into the atmosphere. Well, here's the biggest hypocrisy of them all. I can't believe the same left-wing greenies who start talking about moving towards a green economy, and what they mean by that is taxing the old economy out of existence, then start complaining when Tata Steel goes bust. Look, these steel producers, these old economies have gone bust because you've heaped on green taxes. You've said it openly yourself. We want to move towards a green economy. You can't then complain when a load of guys in Wales get made redundant because the taxes you put on quite openly. It's crazy. It really is. And we'll finish with this quite good tweet from Kevin. He says, when Harry was an Apache pilot firing depleted uranium shells at people, was he thinking about the environment then? <laughs> Probably not, is the straight answer. In fact, I don't think helicopters are particularly green either. Andrew, thank you very much indeed. Andrew Walker there uh, telling us why he thinks hypocrites uh, are the worst kind of eco-warriors. And actually, in some ways, I think he's got a bit more time for Greta Thunderbird than he has for Meghan and Harry, who are the most hypocritical couple I think that anybody has ever seen in the entire world. I'm sure they're having a lovely time in Ibiza with all their private security and their private jets and their private beaches and their private holiday homes. Wonderful stuff being a member of the royal family, isn't it? This is Talk Radio. More gun talk from a water pistol from the farmer of fury. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. I'm really warming to this new name for Greta Thunderbird. I think it definitely works, doesn't it? 
great name. Put it on the side of the boat if you like. Uh, we've got a tweet from Muttley here who points out that uh, Pierre Kaziragi uh, is on the boat with her. He happens to be the son uh, of Princess Caroline of Monaco. Uh, so there's no shortage of money floating about uh, on that particular boat of shame. Uh, but uh, we're going to take some calls at a moment. 0344 499 1000 is the number. The other question I would have is what if she does need to be rescued? What if the boat does run into some kind of trouble? It could be very stormy. Uh, and then there's a huge rescue, rescue operation uh, which has to be set out either from Newfoundland over in Canada or from France or from Spain or from Brazil, wherever uh, the nearest point of port of call is. You know, are we supposed to spend bucket loads of money and expand, expend loads of carbon uh, rescuing her? Of course we are, because that's what we do. But, you know, let's not be hypocritical. Let's talk to Stuart, who's in Littlehampton. Hello, Stuart. Hello, Mike. Hello. What would you like to say? Well, it's just about climate change, really. Yes. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, science is never a settled subject. You have to constantly test it at all times because, I mean, let's face it, uh, they used to think the world was, the Earth was flat. They used to uh, think the sun revolved around the Earth. Yeah. And, and more recently, uh, for a long, long time, they thought that stomach ulcers were caused by stress. Yes. Now, if, if, if people had taken that as a, that's a done deal, it would have re wouldn't have resulted in. I think it was two Australian scientists that have proved that actually stomach ulcers are caused by bacteria. Yeah. Well, what isn't, it, isn't it funny? Nothing is, is for certain. Well, also nothing is very uh, for very long either. It would seem, particularly when it comes to climate change, because I've said many times the UN warned us in 1989 that if we did not change the amount of carbon that we push out into the atmosphere, uh, we would have catastrophic problems by the year 2000, i.e. Canary Wharf would be underwater, uh, there would be a, a rise in temperature of something like four degrees. None of that happened. We were also told, were we not, by Gordon Brown uh, and one of the Millibands that uh, diesel was the future because it was a cleaner air, uh, form of energy than petrol. And now they've decided that was wrong. I know. I think basically there's too much money swishing around the uh, pro-green lobby. I mean, climate change, give me a break. I used to call it the weather. Yeah. There's not an awful lot we can do about it. Well, they of course might not. as well try and stop volcanoes erupting or earthquakes happening. <laughs> I mean, it's pointless. I know. You're absolutely right, Stuart. Thank God for the voices of common sense on this radio show. You can join them, of course, every day from Monday to Friday. Don't forget, we've got a podcast as well uh, going out there. So the podcast uh, comes out around about three o'clock every day. Uh, it's usually the best of the show, uh, which is often and quite, quite difficult to decide upon, really. Let's talk to John, uh, who's down in Dover. Hi, John. Hi, Mike. How are you? Very well, sir. What would you like to say? So I think Greta's an independent thinker, and she actually convinced her parents to take strong action regarding climate change rather than the other way around. What makes you say that? Um, well, there was an article I read where she didn't just get her parents to say greener free-range meat, which <laughs> as good as that is, but she got, by showing them, like, graphs and charts, um, she got them to ditch meat altogether. Um, have you ever met a child that did anything that wasn't originally inspired by their parents? Uh, well, myself, I mean, I... I haven't. I, I have OCD, and my parents are always telling me how different I am and how kind of annoying <laughs> I am because I, I kind of encourage them to do different things because I kind of think outside the box. Okay. And I think Asperger's people are, in general, like, really rigorous about finding the truth. As I was talking to my friend of Asperger's about how... Well, why haven't we got, well there's quite a lot of people suffering from Asperger's. Why, why aren't they all taking it off uh, uh, school for a year and going around the world on a boat that doesn't produce any carbon? Well, they're very rigorous about finding the truth, but they often have, you know, particular things that they're interested in. 
Um, so my friend was very interested in trains and such, but he, did, he was interested because I was speaking to him about how a kilogram of prawns causes roughly five times the emissions of a kilogram of sea fish, and he wanted to know all the detail, like the figure to two decimal places. And so he did, and that's he fine. Really listen, I've, I've, listen, I've got no issue with Greta doing whatever she wants to do. Mm. What I've got issue with is all the people that sort of follow her like she's some kind of saint, and who think that her every utterance is like the tablets of the Bible. Oh, know? God, no, and no. And, I, and that's, yeah. what I, that's what I have a problem with. Yeah, no, I completely agree with, with you about that. I think I think she's one child, and she's someone who does have her own thoughts and opinions, and I don't think she's a mouthpiece. I mean, she said herself how annoyed she gets when people, you know, talk about it like that. But, yes, she's one of many people, and there are many other people, you know, speaking about it. And we shouldn't look at her as a saint. She's just, you know, one of many children, many people, you know, that... And no, she may not, and, and also she may not be right. You know, the point is, is that there's a trouble with, with 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 much of the campaign that goes on around this subject. And we've seen children um, crying, weeping, turning out of demonstrations. Their parents, in my view, giving them fears of mm. uh, what the future holds for them, making them scared of mm. what's happening to the planet, when there is absolutely no evidence whatsoever that the world is going to end. Some kids are actually being told that by their own parents. Oh, no, I completely agree. Like, we should never say anything like the world's going to end because that's just ridiculous. Well, it is. Yeah, but at the same time, I think it's a lot of this is, has been driven by children who, you know, it's their futures. And I think a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of, you know, adults, you know, myself included in the past, we, we like to believe that, that climate change isn't happening or that it's not man-made so we can continue what we're doing. And, you know, I'm 29, but I'll be dead long before her. So I... I do yeah, but we... we've all got children. I don't know if you've got children of your own. Um, I mean, I've got four children, OK? Mm. Do you really seriously think that I don't care about them and what happens to them in the future? Because I do, and so does every parent. But equally, I don't mm. go around asking my children what I should do with my life and take their advice because mm. they're children when they're children. I, I completely agree. You don't want to, you know, imp you want to give people information, but only something that they can digest and, you know, you don't want to any spin you want and, and she's someone who's actually looked into the truth herself um and very the truth much about because, what though well i mean you, about the climate and you well, know the ipcc the truth about, report yeah but the truth about the climate is debatable the truth about what is happening is debatable the truth about what will happen is debatable it is not in any way sure certain or anything no. anything like that no i completely agree and i i studied it in university and you know 95 percent of scientists roughly, um, would say it's man-made, but 5% would argue it isn't. And with science... No, it's not about... No I'm not, no, I'm not arguing about the number of scientists involved. I'm talking about what is okay. going to happen in the future, John. Nobody oh, knows, right. and nobody can no. predict it. And anyone who has predicted it in the past has got it wrong. I completely agree. In fact, the, the ice cap melting was a good example where they'd got the rates quite considerably wrong yeah. and they've had to review it. So, uh, yeah, no, I, complete, I completely agree with that. Um, so what I'm saying is when she's looking at, you're saying she's looking at the facts and she's learning about the facts, there yeah. are no facts in the future because we don't know no, what the facts are. No, not in the future. Are. No, I'm talking about the kind of past, the levels of emissions, the links with man-made So are you, are you one of those people that is reducing your carbon footprint even as we speak then? Um, I'm trying to. So I first moved to free-range meat as that produces roughly half the emissions of battery meat due right. to all the grain a battery animal eats um i also i'm trying to move towards a vegan diet but i think it's better doing it why don't you just slowly. do it what do you mean trying to just do it what's wrong with you i think it's better to do something slowly and in something you can do and but there's no time sure you... though john well you know there's a climate emergency going on you can't be hanging about 
So, so if you rush something, I mean, do something overnight, you often don't think about your health. You right. Think, so I think it's better to do it. Yes, I mean, there is... And, and, by, and by how much are you actually reducing your carbon footprint? You know, is there a, is there a figure you can give me? Uh, so I, the meat industry produces roughly 19% um, of emissions, which is more than transport, which is 145 um, So no, I'm talking about you figure. personally. Um, myself, um, when I looked at, at university, it was the biggest um, part of my carbon footprint. But since then... Yeah, but it what's the number, though? I'm looking for a number. I, I just didn't really need... To, I mean, I You don't have... see... You're the second guy I've had on about this, and you don't know the number. If you don't know the number, you can't possibly know what you're talking about. Sorry, well, John. I've got to go. Thank you. No, you haven't. You haven't, got the, you haven't got the facts. You haven't got the number. I'm not interested in talking to you. Come back to me when you've got some information that is actually a fact. F-A-C-T. Fact. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.